Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Zar. Happy Halloween, Mike. Happy Halloween. I thought you were going to say hello again. <laughs> I thought well, it's it was not happening. New, new thing. It's not actually Halloween, but it is Halloween. When this airs for everyone, it will be Halloween. So. That's what I was going to say. So for everybody else, happy Halloween. This is our time of year. It is. This is our Christmas. Yeah, it's the Christmas for the Dark Art Society. Yeah. Well, but what, what's let's catch up a little real quick first before we get into this. I know you have a lot going on in your life. What, what What's up? Well, we're just in the process of trying to sell our house and our property so that we can become a mobile unit. And we're just dealing with that whole process. And it's super exacerbating. And so far as the time and energy required to deal with all of that (laughs) and not knowing what you're doing, but doing it anyway and figuring your way out as you do it, which is how most things in life are done. So, you know, there's excitement and nerves and terror and fun. And, you know, so all that's going on, of course. And I've got all this other kind of personal apocalyptic stuff going on. I've got a lot of support so far on this GoFundMe. Um, we're a little under halfway to the goal, and I think there's maybe about like, I don't know, seven days left or something. But I've just really been super encouraged by people throwing down help for us to try to recover some of the lost lost stuff on the hard drive and working that my my uh, New Mexico True Horror Patreon like crazy and working my Land of Enchantment Tours one and your one and working with Gabe and just... Crazy, crazy. Busy, Working busy, on busy. Build, building Kickstarters for some clients. And so it's just, yeah, boom, cool. boom, boom. That's cool. Well, I had my big sale. That went well. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you see the studies? Do you even have a chance to check them out? I saw that. Yeah, I saw the, all, all the pictures of them all lined up. They look amazing. Thanks. Yeah, it was, it was. They're better than any other Halloween set so far. Yeah, I think they were the best Halloween studies I've done. Although I did that one where I did like 30 of them that one year that was pretty good. Those were all pretty good too, but I had a, I had a good time. It's like I was uh, I was talking to Gary Diocampo the other day, you know, Gary? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, we were talking about the, the studies and, and the um, last study sale I had, and I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> well, we were, you were talking about how the 30 were pretty good but and i was saying these are the best ones and then you said oh, I, oh I, I, really I remember i remember it. okay stop before i forget uh i started off because i was like oh i got my show done you know so i'm gonna take it easy just have a little fun and wanted to get myself in the mood for halloween so i was like oh, i'll do some you know some halloween studies make a little bit of money um and do it, you know, relaxed in the evening when I watch movies, like I usually do. Basically, I'm so in the uh, uh, the the frame of mind of working that you I'm having, I, work. yeah, I'm having a hard time with it. Basically, <laughs> I get that. Trust me. But um, you know, it is fun though, and it is it's fun to do stuff like that, and it it does get me in the mood. So I was watching horror movies and painting these studies, and then you know, you do a few. I'll do like. A few studies and just sell them and blah 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 and then you then you get six done and you go well let's see and you start calculating how much money you could make these are all really good okay well maybe i could do another one and then you get another one you're like oh 
if you could get eight done and then you get eight and you're like, if I could do 10, it'd be this much money. And so then it's like by the last two days of, of what will start off as this relaxing, you know, wind down phase. I'm like, oh, I gotta get these done. <laughs> then of I course. Do, you gotta set, up. you gotta create some pressure so, because you work the best under, under high intensity. Yeah. So you had to create it for yourself in order to get the best out of yourself. Well, I'm always pushing, you know, I'm always pushing. I just set these goals up for myself that I try and hit, but. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is that's, you, you, if you just surrender to that fact, instead of like being afraid of it, it's okay that you operate under pressure and intensity. And if you're the one that chooses to create it and how to manifest it, it looks like it's really productive for you. Yeah, See, yeah. that's the difference, I guess, is all I'm saying. Not that you're afraid of it. I'm just simply saying that insofar as like the two models, on the one hand, you have like, I work for, I do my gallery shows, my solo show. And I, there's this goal set for me because the show is going to be on a certain date and I have to work towards that date. By the time you get to the end of that, you're depleted and drained. Whereas if you set your own circumstances of pressure and intensity for yourself, you feel gratified at the end of it. And well, so that's, the two models, it's obvious which one's better than the other. Yeah, well, that's, you know, be, being a self-employed artist is you're you're always setting your own deadlines and guidelines and you know we needed to make money and pay these bills and that you know so it's it, it's uh yeah you you got deadlines are important but anyway i had to put the, the night before was you know i worked all night and i was like oh how am i working all night again like two weeks after my show <laughs> i wasn't gonna do another all-nighter for like a year but i ended up finishing everything and then i had to put every it's like once you finish those things you got to put them in the web store put the descriptions in yep and um scan everything and it takes time you know and i ended up staying up all night i know you messaged me in the morning you're like oh it's it's eight now in the morning and i don't think i'm gonna go to the podcast because yeah and then then i finally went to bed at like three in the afternoon because i was gonna try i'll just stay up and go to bed early tonight at like eight or nine and then get a really good night's sleep and then start on my early schedule trying to get back in the early schedule then i laid down at three i'm like i'm just gonna take (laughs) try and just do, do my meditation here and then it was just boom, I was out and I woke up at 7.30 and I was like, oh, 7.30 p.m. I'm all confused and that weird <laughs> feeling when you sleep through the day and it's dark out when you wake up. So, but it went well. Everything went well. They sold really fast and I de- debuted the mystery box idea that went really well that Lisa had thought of that idea. And so um, that went well. And those are, those are going to be fun to do, actually, because I could, you know, aside from... I say I said there'll be at least there'll be more merch than the cost of the box. Like if you got the fifty dollar box, there will be more than fifty dollars worth of stuff in there. Right. So it's like you're getting a deal, but also I can just throw in any I guess so much crap everywhere. Like you know, my studio. It's just yep. it's filled with curios and yeah, collectibles yeah. and oddities. And it'll be nice to kind of just start getting rid of some of those. So yeah, and some some you know I'm gonna throw in like something probably like really valuable just randomly in there you know so it's one person gets a big prize yeah it'll be fun or maybe more than one we'll see it's just I like doing that stuff Um, I like doing that stuff too yeah my mystery I like to paint monsters tubes was my my version of that and I had fun with it because I was going through all these collectibles from the whole thing like it's like memory lane you know you're going down like the four years and picking out like you know, key cards that you kept from Hell City from when you were shooting from some room you stayed in. And then like, you know, like, oh, that's cool. And then like numbering it out of however many other cards you kept and like signing it and shit. And 
people dig on that stuff. You yeah, know, just it's weird little fun. curios. It's fun. And I figured, you know, Halloween. That's also why I did the studies. I'm like, oh, it's Halloween. This is like kind of the time to do it to, you know, make hay while the sun shines, so to yep. speak. And, you know, an opportunity to do it. So I was like, I got to do it by Halloween. And yeah, so that all worked. So that's been my life for the last <clears throat> week or so. And uh, now it's just on to some commission frame corners I'm doing. Um, or uh, Andrew and Deborah Hawkins, one of this painting they bought for me, they wanted to, to get uh, pumpkins, like jack-o'-lanterns for corners. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do jack-o'-lanterns on the corners. Like I'm going to do one jack-o'-lantern that's smiling, one that's sad, you know, like happy, mm-hmm. sad face, and then alternate cool. them. And I was thinking I'm going to try and do this is get some glow powder and make them in orange glow powder in resin mm-hmm. so that they glow orange really bright. And then I'm going to paint them probably black, dry brush them. And so that when they glow, the, the eyes and the mouth and the nose will glow like a jack-o'-lantern uh-huh. and the little creases, you know, it's going to show a we'll little look bit dark. of light. Yeah. Well, no, the creases will, you know how a jack-o'-lantern, when it's lit from it within, it's kind of like the th- the creases in the jack-o'-lantern can kind of like have a slight glow to them because mm-hmm. it's the light. Yeah. So hopefully that'll work. That'd be really cool. That would be cool. And then I got to do Adam Bennett's uh, eye worms corners. I'm doing these those eye worms from that painting as corners. So, and then nice. I got commissions. I'm trying to catch up on, and of course the dystopia book. And I told you about that in the pre-roll that that's coming together and. Um, so I got to get all the artwork just over to Mackie so she can start assembling it. And she has a format of how she said that's really good for adding uh, captions and how to organize cool. it. Because that's like kind of a confusing thing. You know, the other thing about the book, since so much time has passed, even with this last show, there's there's more characters now. So it might mm-hmm. be <laughs> that might be something that we might need to write some a little bit more here sure. and there, you know, because the world gets bigger. Every show, the world gets bigger. It does. But I mean, one of the things you and I did was we went overboard and cut back down because we were like, well, this is volume one and we only want to go with what we know and there's going right, to be a success right. of volumes. So, that's true. You know. That's true. But we'll see how it goes. I'm not, I'm certainly, you know, I'm never above writing. I love writing. I would yeah. write for, for the fun of it. So, yeah. So lots of things happening, lots of exciting things happening. And uh, it's, it's Halloween. Not really, but it's going to be Halloween. Okay, we'll pretend it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Halloween. And if if uh, if Brian Kilgore is into this, we're gonna we're thinking of maybe having him superimpose some thunder and lightning sounds in the background, like it's raining and thundering, <laughs> just to get in the mood. I tried it on my phone into the microphone to sound like static, but I did. Well, and also, if you want to, if you want to get in the mood, I've got this project, New Mexico True Horror, that I'm doing, and the framework of this project is basically this: you're you go to my Patreon, and you get to choose whether or not what you're seeing is real or fake, and that's pretty much the model that I'm going with. So I'm never going to tell you whether what you're seeing is real, what you're seeing is fake, whether part of it's real, whether part of it's fake. 
And it's a horror story, and I am playing myself. I am starring as myself. And so if you go over to patreon.com forward slash emails from infinity, just for a buck, you can get involved and see a bunch of stuff. But for three bucks, you can actually follow the episodic miniseries that I'm putting together, which will eventually be a feature film. So, you know, if you, you watch it and you, you believe it, then that's your business. And if you watch it and you don't, <laughs> that's your business too. The truth is, is that, you know, you get to see behind the scenes of a feature film either way. And Chet knows all about the whole entire thing and has watched me make it because I've been showing him things I've been doing before I release them to the people. And he's really encouraged by the story so much so that he has all kinds of ideas about how I should handle this framework. But I'm very much <laughs> stuck in my mind that, you know, the way that I want to frame this is, is that people get to go and they and, and, and it's an experience. You know, it's an interactive thing where you are actually making decisions and thinking about and reflecting upon what these things are and whether or not there is reality or not here. And so I'm excited about it. People are following it. I'd like more people to follow it because really I just want a bigger audience to share in this thing that I'm creating and documenting. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a wild project, but it's definitely timely for this time of year. And there are some, the cool thing about Patreon, you know, as Chet knows, and we all know is that once you become a patron, you can go back and look at all the old stuff. So you can go back to where the first trailer is for New Mexico True Horror and for $3 in one month, consume all of the episodes and things that have come out since then, all the evidence. And so the way I'm putting it together is, you know, there's images and there's links and there's video and there's all this different stuff. And you're kind of piecing the puzzles together to try to figure this story out for yourself. And so, yeah, you should go and check it out if you get a chance. There's been some really exciting developments recently, including a nighttime encounter with a, a phantom. And so, yeah, you should you should definitely watch some of this stuff. You done? Can you tell? <laughs> Can you guys notice Chet's disfavor in the way that I, that I talk about it? No, I, I've got no disfavor. I was just letting you do your thing. Are you done? <laughs> here i'll make it clear that i'm done check it out look <laughs> he's definitely done i can report that he's definitely done yep he's getting done right now <laughs> all right so today we're going to talk about halloween halloween mike's almost coming back Oh, you can only see what I can see. Um, okay, we're back. So, we all wish we had Chet vision. You know, <laughs> if you want to have Czar vision, you can watch Chet Czar. I like to paint monsters. And on the bonus features of the DVD, there is literally a whole segment called Czar vision. That's true. So if you want Czar vision, it's already been made. I already produced it. It exists on the DVD. You can That's buy that from Chet on his chetzar.bigcartel.com page. Yes. Signed from him. It's waiting for you. Anyway, back to Halloween. Yes, because, you know... Um, I think, like like we were saying earlier, Halloween is like our Christmas, I think, yep. for dark art people and goth people, people that are into this sort of thing. It is for me. I mean, it's my favorite time of the year. Beats Christmas by a mile, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Christmas is cool. Um, when you're a kid, Christmas is great. And when you have kids, Christmas is great. But, you know, as an adult, it's not quite as exciting as it was kid at least for me anyway but halloween still is i still love halloween and it was you know the kind of the holiday the number one holiday the only holiday as far as i was concerned when i was a kid um i'm i'm guessing i mean we haven't talked about this so i'm guessing it was that way for you 
Were you like totally Halloween? Hey, your, your, your mic's not on. Your mic's not on. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you and I, you and I have not talked about that at all, which is interesting. For me, it was definitely, you know, we, we talked a little bit on the pre-roll about it. For me, fall is like my time. Like, I right. feel like that's when my energies are highest and that's, and I was born, you know, in, in November and I'm a Sagittarius. And so for me, it was always a really special time for a variety of reasons. You know, you have Halloween and then my dad's birthday is the day after Halloween. And then you got my birthday and my birthday every seven years falls on Thanksgiving. So like within this two month period, less than a two month, within a one month period, it was always a very festive time in my household. So it was like Halloween was the buildup. It was like, oh God, it's coming. It's going to be, you know, the fall leaves are going to come down. Everything's going to smell spicy and we're going to get to be freaky and scary and no one will be bothered by it for once. And then, you know, you get all this candy and stuff. But then for me, it was like also then you get to have your dad's birthday and then it's going to be your birthday and it's also Thanksgiving and you eat all this good food and it's warm and you're indoors and there's fireplaces and often snow because I lived in Spokane. So yeah, that time for me is a very special time mm. and and Halloween definitely is like the kickoff it's like the kickoff at the football game like oh shit's going down it's gonna get good you know yeah yeah uh, I'm with you man uh, did you did you guys have a, a Halloween festival at school when you were a kid we would always get to dress up for Halloween and oftentimes they would have, you know, some kind of a thing where they would do haunted houses and they would uh, you'd go to the gymnasium and they'd have, you know, various activities uh, going on and things like that. But mostly what I remember is trick or treating. Like mm-hmm. for me, that was like the thing was getting your costume, getting to be what you wanted to be, shopping for your mask, getting or your makeup or whatever right. you were going to do, you know, and, and coming up with the creative idea of it and then getting to go around in your neighborhood and often into areas you wouldn't normally go into and like truck along and feel safe, but also not safe at the same time, you know, and get to do the trick or treating thing. Like that was my favorite and haunted houses. Yeah. And there were a few years where I got to do these really cool things. Like uh, I did this haunted house retreat where for a whole night they took you around with a bunch of other kids you didn't know on these vans to all the haunted houses in the area. I think it was like the, the horror house tour or something. And it was like all that you, I think you went to six haunted who, houses who did in one night. Who did it was it? through... When I was a kid, it was like some function that my parents paid for. Oh, that's great, and I like, that's so I like, cool. they took me to downtown Spokane and dropped me off at a parking lot and we got into a van and I didn't know any of these kids. I didn't do it with any friends because none of my friends wanted to do it. So it was uh, like, really like, who I'm by myself, <laughs> you know, and you're, I was like maybe 11 or something, you know, and there's all these other kids, but they're by themselves too. And Your friends didn't want to do it? None of my friends wanted to do it. No. Uh-huh. Or they had other things going on. Who knows? I don't remember, but right. I went by myself. And so then they took you to sit, I think it was six haunted houses in one night. So it was so cool because you got to go like into one and see what it was like and then go into the next one. And then, you know, by the time you've gone into four of them, you're pretty seasoned as a, you know, a kid. <laughs> you're like, I know what's up. But man, there were there was this one haunted house still to this day. It stands the highest in my mind. And it was at the Lions Club. And it was like they had literally taken this entire building and basically built internal hallways for the just for halloween and it was like the way that they had it built was you went in and it was like pitch black hallways that are way too small so you're like shimmying along feeling your way along and then it would open up on some terrifying kind of room and then again it would it would bottleneck down to a really you know thin hallway and at times the floors are going up and down and at times the floor is spongy and at times the floor is moving and like it was and it was like it blew my mind that whole entire and I won't go through every single room, you know, but that experience, I remember coming away from that like, wow, 
that like changed my perception on what a haunted house can be. And I was, you know, always wanting to do the haunted houses. I was always wanting to be scared and always wanting to experience horror, even though I didn't want to, I did want to, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, there was one, I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. There was, there was a a good haunted house actually. That's got kind of a funny story to it. Um, Kind of like a professional one back in the, this is in the seventies. So like early days of professional haunted houses um, by a religious group. But I'll get back oh, to wow. I'll get back to that. Yeah. Campus life, haunted house. Um the big thing for me when I was in grade school was this Halloween festival we had at the school. It was really cool. Um, you know, the typical there was a parade at one point where all the kids dressed in their costumes walk around in the middle of the uh, uh playground and there was a bunch of games and cool. I remember you know, you'd get little skeleton plastic skeletons you'd you'd win like full skeletons are really good i remember these things looking really pretty good like like sculptures Uh and uh the spider rings remember the spider plastic spider rings and so i was so into that so much fun and usually the the teacher around that time would let me skip class like the week prior to the halloween festival and paint like a banner for the halloween festival so it was like oh, nice. i got to get, be singled out as like this special kid and got to just paint whatever i wanted <laughs> like a, a great That's a cool. graveyard scene on black paper with poster paint and um i still have one it's really fucked up but it's like a life-size painting of dr jekyll or mr hyde dr jekyll turning into mr hyde from um the aurora model kit like i copied the kind of copied uh-huh. the cover so he's like drinking his potion i have it in my closet it's, it's nice really, it's really messed up but um yeah so you know and i of course i would always make myself up um you know that picture from i like to paint monsters is from the halloween festival uh, uh that's where i i that year i probably was in the fifth grade and i did um I used Dick Smith's professional makeup kit, which came out in the 70s. It was so good. It was amazing because he had, he made this um, makeup kit. There was a horror one. There was one, I think, with like Planet of the Apes type one and classic monsters one, maybe. Three different kits. They had vacuform. I bet you don't even know this. I, I but it's like people in makeup effects. These things are coveted. They're amazing because every kid that was got into makeup effects got one. They uh-huh. came with vacuform molds uh-huh. of like Dick Smith sculptures, like really amazing, totally professional sculptures of of like that Quasimodo. I think so. It had like an eye and like pores. I mean, it looked totally Hollywood professional, and um. And it came with this stuff called Flex Flesh, which was basically gelatin and glycerin, you know, uh-huh. which was, you know, kind of uh, high tech film technology, really. But he figured out a way to make it to where kids could do it. And then they, so you had these molds, you'd mix up this Flex Flesh stuff, pour it in the mold, and then it had like a, uh, 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 like a negative, that, uh, like the, how do I describe it? Like a negative you'd squish into the mold and it would kind uh-huh. of create a shell. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, like a half an inch thick gelatin shell. So you'd have uh-huh. you'd get the impression and then it would have these blend blender edges because you squished it together and it kind of cuts off and the stuff is squeezing out. Put it in the fridge and that cools it. So it's like this tough gelatin, you know, um, but soft with because uh, it has glycerin in it. It's like a secret formula thing. Uh-huh. And then you, and then it came with spirit gum, 
which is the old fashioned, you know, prosthetic glue. And you glue it on and blend it off. And it came with all the makeup colors and it looked really great. I mean, it really was amazing. It was yeah, t- yeah. totally amazing. You can get them on eBay too. Still, I'd love to, to get, get all of them. But, um, that one from I like to paint monsters. I was Mister. I was the Mister Hyde makeup I was wearing, and but it's all melted because it was gelatin, and I was running around all day in that thing, and it just started like dripping, like it, <laughs> just dr- dr- drops of gelatin. It was like I was melting. <laughs> it, was, it was really funny, but it came with hair, and you told you how to lay hair, like eyebrows, and it was so cool. So cool. yeah, so the Halloween festival was so much fun. I really looked forward to that. It was like my favorite school event ever and um yeah and then afterwards going and trick-or-treating was like the coolest because uh it was all it was all about how much candy you could get yeah for sure and i used to always take a uh, pillowcase did you ever do yeah, a pillowcase yeah. always pillowcase that's kind of an old, old all I ever older used. school yeah and you know i remember i remember having filling up a pillowcase like not to the top but pretty substantially oh yeah i remember filling one up to the point where there was like at least like i don't know 24 inches deep in the bottom you know and like as fat as it would get to hold that kind of a height yeah for sure it's crazy crazy yeah. well you know what's funny about candy is that what we would okay this is a great story this is a sideline but we got all this candy and my parents i was raised where like we didn't drink soda you know like we didn't oh. we drink juice you know we didn't like eat a lot of candy and snacks and shit like that like that wasn't a thing in my household mm-hmm. so like when you got your halloween candy they would like would let us do it but then they would after that night they would like take the candy and monitor it basically mm-hmm. and dole it out to us because we would go crazy yeah. with it and they and they knew it and they didn't want us to have that. And so they would take it. So that night they would always allow us to kind of gorge ourselves sick with it. And then we wouldn't really be begging for it. Well, this one year I took I was like I was smart and I took half my fucking bag. I had a huge <laughs> bag. Right. And I dumped it into another bag that I had stowed in the bottom of my bag. So like when I left that day, I took a, a pillowcase and stuffed it down in the corner you of my pillowcase. Right. And I went out and got all this candy. And then before I came home, I took the pillowcase out, dumped half of it off, tied that thing off, ran down in the basement and stuffed it behind one of the couches, right? <laughs> like back there, you know, and I stuffed it there. And then we went up and, oh, look at how much candy you got. And we ate, right? So then for like a month, my sister and I, we were just like, we'd be down there watching TV in the basement. And we'd get out that bag of candy and sit down and start fucking just gnarring on candy, like eating so much of it. And we didn't know what to do with the wrappers, right? Because <laughs> the wrappers are going to show us. The so evidence. what we were doing was straight out. We were just putting them all behind the back of the couch. We just <laughs> throw the wrappers behind the couch and throw the wrappers behind the couch. So check this out. Like a year passes, right? And we'd eaten all the candy. and We'd forgotten about it, uh-huh. right? And we'd forgotten that we'd even threw the wrappers back there. Like it was over. And my mom went down to the basement to clean it. She pulled the couch out. And it was like <laughs> this cavalcade of empty candy wrappers. And she fucking lost her shit, dude. She was pissed. She was oh, really? like, she's like, Mindy, Michael, Brett, Carell, and Mindy, girl, you get down here right now. She'll call us down there. And she's like, so what is this? You know, and we're like, uh, you know, oh man, we got busted. But yeah, we were like, we were all creative about how we throw our candy away so that we could sit down there. And, you know, what we do is sit down there and bouncy do it bouncy balls and we was like a concrete floor with the couch and then like an unfinished sheetrock wall and my dad had put a tv into the wall so like there's a hole there 
and the TV was in a room behind it. So it was almost like back, like what would be a flat screen TV today, uh-huh. you know, but it was like, you know, an old school TV. Yeah. And we'd sit there and we'd throw these bouncy balls off the floor against the wall and they'd come back and you'd catch them uh-huh. and just watch TV and eat candy for hours. Sounds like a know? good time. It was. <laughs> but that was that was my best like Halloween, like, oh, we got the big mother load and we were able to stockpile it and like have it, you know. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah, I I, I remember um when we'd go trick or treating, you know, in the seventies especially, I think. because um, I I've noticed just since I've lived in this house since two thousand two. Actually it was after nine eleven, there was less trick-or-treaters and it's never been the same really really there's not that many um but when when i was a kid there was it was like fucking up and down filled filled with people so many people trick-or-treating it was so much everyone's got their house done up and playing yeah 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 Yeah, there wasn't all that fear you know of each other really you know and so everyone was out doing it and i remember you know running from house to house to try and get as yep. much candy because i had to be home at a certain time and it's you know okay. you i remember sometimes your friends would you know you'd start off with a group of friends and then by the end of the night everyone had to leave and i could usually i could stay out later than everybody else because my parents kind of let me run wild so i'd be running by myself house to house get as Going much last- as you already went to. <laughs> i don't it think i had ass. the nerve to do that i was usually <laughs> pretty scared about getting caught with stuff like that but i remember one time it was after trick-or-treating i went home and people were still trick-or-treating and there was a bunch of kids that lived down the street from me that was like that that part of the the street was more active than the you know a block up where i lived and i had gotten these glow sticks it was when glow sticks first came out i think that they were the Uh big big glow sticks and um and they were like a new thing and they were super cool and i remember thinking uh i should rub this all over my break it and rub it all over my body so i broke it shook it up and i so i could probably get a die like 10 years early because of that and i cut it open with a razor blade and then i rubbed the glow stuff all over my arms and legs i had shorts i I probably had it didn't even was wasn't even wearing a shirt i had it on my chest and my stomach and i go walking around down the street and i'm glowing and um i remember when i was rubbing it on i was like it feels all kind of grainy and weird you know like it wasn't just i didn't get it didn't occur to me that there there was a glass vial in there that broke when you break it so i'm basically rubbing um shards of glass and glow (laughs) chemical all over my skin wow that's fucking crazy That is crazy. I I think I've only heard part of that story. Yeah, I remember. I've heard like I've heard part of it that you did the glow stuff, but I didn't know that there was a glass. Yeah, there was little pieces. Did you cut yourself? I I don't remember. I don't remember cutting myself, but I do remember you know realizing it was glass and kind of going, oh shit, you know, you're rubbing this chemical on you, and then there's something that's gonna break the skin. Right, right. Oh my god, yeah, it was really stupid. I used to do a lot of crazy stuff like that just without thinking. I don't, you know, it's funny because when I think back to like Halloween and like being scared, I don't ever really have too many stories of like going out trick or treating and like getting freaked out by a specific house or a specific person. But I do remember one year there'd been this kind of rumor going around that like the bigger kids would basically like wait until they they found some younger kids and then beat the kids up and take their candy so that because the bigger kids couldn't trick or treat. Was it a rumor or was it real? 
I don't know. I, it's, you know, you're a kid. And so yeah, you yeah. hear this, like, I think my might as well be real. I had heard it from <laughs> someone and some adult figure had mentioned it. So that made it real enough for me. So I was like a little wary. And I remember there was this one side of the, the neighborhood that I was in that was pretty, as my parents would say, seedy, you know, it was like the people over there were, you know, had less money basically is what my parents were saying. And they, in their minds, obviously that meant, oh, well then they must, you know, be, be you know, let, you know, less, lesser people somehow on that level. It was how I interpreted it. So I was right. like, oh, there's criminals over there. You know, that was how the energy was when they said it to me. And so I was, I would always kind of avoid those specific streets. Well, I remember I was a little older and I stayed out and I was like, oh, I'm going to go over there and trick or treat over in that area, you know? And I went over to that area and there were these bigger kids there and they had fucking um, Roman candlesticks and they were like chasing each other around and shooting Roman candles at each other, you know? Like, you know, I don't know. I guess that was fun. But they were like <laughs> hitting each other oh with my it, God. Like, these flaming balls. And like they were teenagers, you know? And I remember getting really freaked out. And that was probably the scare- most scared I've ever been on Halloween because I was like kind of up in this area. And all of a sudden there's these like teenagers and they're like firing flaming balls through the right. air at each other. That's and I can't really tell if they're like firing at me or not, or if I'm like involved in what I should do. And I remember like <laughs> running and taking cover into this bush. And I like went into like, you know, like survival mode. And I was like, Oh my God. Okay. I'm under the bush. It's dark. I'm hiding it. Okay. I'm good. Okay. I'm going to make a break for it across the street. Okay. Shit. There's one there. There he is. Okay. 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 And running across the street, like diving into really? another bush. Yeah. I was fucking terrified. Like I was like, in my mind, these guys yeah, yeah. are going to capture me yeah. and like shoot me with fireballs and steal my candy. Stick a Roman candle up your and ass. Who, yeah, exactly. Who knows what they were going to do to me? Exactly. I was fucking terrified. Like I could, you know, couldn't have been more scared. And so it's funny that really what scared me the most uh, was, was my imagination coupled with an idea that had been a meme effectively that had been planted in my mind with also humans my fear of human beings doing horrible things not monsters not skeletons not you know anything else humans you know wow that's hilarious well back to the yeah the the kids are here um that's cool they'll have to just wait another 30 minutes um Back to haunted houses. The, the 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 one house we would always go to haunted house we would always go to was called Campus Life Haunted House, and it was in Torrance, which was fifteen or twenty minutes away from San Pedro. And what? I don't remember what city it was in. It was in a weird part. It was in a weird part of Torrance, I think. But anyway, it was it was a really good professional haunted house, like. Really great, really scary. Like the Lions Club one I'm talking about. Yeah, where they yeah. Like go all out, do yeah, everything was, you got to do yeah. to make it uh, like a fully immersive. Yeah, experience. it was. Yeah, yeah, it was outdoor, but it was you know they built. It might have been no, it might have been inside some building. It was definitely an indoor kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was an indoor. I'm just wondering if they built all the buildings themselves, or it must have been in a building. But anyway, it was a good long one really scary really well done um you know they had money behind it it wasn't just like a bunch of people it was you know there was an organization there was money behind it and then it was it was uh, done by a church and you wouldn't know it from at all um from the the haunted house except at the end there's a last room you go into and a guy tries to get you to um give your life over to jesus Oh my god! Yeah, wow. so you this like this great horror, horror, hor- horrific haunted house. All these blood and, and the all... scariest thing is at the end. <laughs> the they, and it's so room. funny because it's like 
totally, un- you know, they didn't intend it that way, but the irony is, is so <laughs> hilarious that, 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 you know, they're seeing it as, oh, you're all over. Now you can find the truth about, it's all over. You can find the truth about Jesus, but it really was like the scariest room in the whole Yeah, because you're like, you get in there and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I didn't know there were expectations and they were going <laughs> to try to do this to me. Like, that's like the most awkward, terrifying thing you could yeah, walk into. Yeah, it was really weird. It was weird. And then, um, I think did they have someone like dressed up as Jesus or anything? Yeah, or was they no, it was just like, okay, for- back to reality now. This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, they'd give you those little pamphlets, those Jack Chick, you know, those religious pam- pamphlets by Jack Chick, yeah. the comic yeah. ones. They'd give yeah. you those. I think they gave you a little orange Bible. Um, I, and it's like after the even the first time, you're like, what? This is, I had, no, yeah, I had no clue it was a religious thing. And then, yeah. you know, in subsequent years, you're just like, okay, let's get past this. This is the price you got to pay to do the yeah, haunted yeah, house. Right. You got to go through It's the- worth it because it's such a good haunted house. <laughs> but it was great. It was, I, I don't remember a lot from it, but I do remember like, I was always, when I was, a, I was always very like, like I said, with that little skeleton, like, and as a kid, I could tell a good plastic skeleton from like a shitty one. Yeah, you and, could like see if it had like production marks yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, and just like whether it was sculpted right, I just could tell those things. And with that haunted house, I remember thinking, comparing it to you know ones in the neighborhood. I was like, this is really well done. <laughs> it's like an yeah, eleven yeah. year old kid. But um, yeah, the one thing I remembered also it reminded me because in Torrance was Delamo Mall. Um, Wait, there was Old Town Mall and Delamo Mall. And Old Town Mall had a magic store and where I would get my makeup supplies too, which was always super fun right before Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's back when, you know, not to sound like an old guy again, but back when getting makeup, horror makeup supplies was really difficult to do. In the no, yeah, that makes sense. They had mortician. It was like mortician's wax, which is basically... Um, if you don't know what that is, I'm sure most people do. You know what it is, right? Mortician's wax. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like nose putty or that stuff yeah. that they used to, you know, build. You rebuild faces. Yeah, on yeah. People that have been damaged. Yeah, yeah, but but that. it's as you know, as makeup artists, like you know, Lon yeah. Chaney's mortician wax for uh, yeah. all his stuff, like uh, uh, Phantom of the Opera and stuff. Um, and I would, I remember when I, I remember when Dawn of the Dead came out. Uh, I was seventy eight. So I was 67, 11. I was about 11, I guess. And I found this gray liquid makeup, Stein's liquid makeup, that was like the same gray color as the zombies in Dawn of the Dead. So, of course, I did a really cool zombie makeup that year. And I just discovered um, gelatin as, as, as a material. I didn't put two and two together with the Dick Smith makeup kits that the that it was really the same thing mm-hmm. um but you can build up gelatin as well on your skin like you mix it up and just kind of paint it on and then build it up as it's cooling and then like pull it apart so it makes this gnarly wound yeah, and, yeah. um so i remember at, th- at that age i was i was doing these gory after dawn of the dead came out so i was like oh my god i want to do it like that they had stage blood they're really good kind of professional stein stage blood which I used. And I remember I had an army coat on. I, I got this army coat and then I put these big wounds on my face. And then I ended up making my brother up as a zombie also that year with these big gashes on his face. And that might be, that might be the one that we used in the documentary, those pictures, those old school oh, pictures. Oh yeah. 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 
Yeah, he said his. I think his girlfriend started crying when she saw him. Yeah, he he tells that story <laughs> oh, okay. in, the, in the documentary. Yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious, which is ridiculous. But I, I mean, it's funny. There was these stages in my my young makeup career where it was all about latex and tissue burns or gelatin, gory holes in your face or cuts right. and stuff. And like the latex right. one was. When I discovered that, it was like so amazing because you, I would do, I would practice on my hand. I would lay down some latex, um, to, to where it was still wet, and then you lay toilet paper on top of that, and then you kind of push it around to give it like weird, wrinkly texture, and then you pull it like blisters that have popped, and mm-hmm. then you and then you just kind of put red grease paint makeup on it, and kind of dab it with black on top, and it made these amazing burns. So mm-hmm. it was like, I would always have like a big burn and a big gouge on my face, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, cause totally. there was like, these are my two most powerful, <laughs> you know, Halloween powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my super Halloween powers are burns and scars <laughs> exactly. or burns and gashes rather. Exactly. My magic powers. See, I didn't get to experience like doing my own makeup stuff as a kid. It wasn't until I went away to college that I really got to do that. Cause like, you know, when you're, for me in, you know, living at home, it was like you and I would get a costume, I'd get a mask, I'd do that. But I never really got into doing makeup. It never was really like, I never got excited about it, it wasn't a thing. But when I went, went, went away to college, I started like every Halloween, I'd do myself up super freaky, as freaky as I could do myself up. I'd get on my bike and go ride all through this college town that I lived in and basically just be scary. And that was mm-hmm. like what I would do. I'd like, you know, get get drunk or something and just go ride on my BMX <laughs> get stoned or whatever and like go out and cru- cruise around and not like, you know, like intentionally scare people just, but look scary and just be around and cruise around on my BMX like I normally would, but looking scary. Right. And I got really into doing that every year. So I started learning to do makeup for myself. And I was like, all the stuff you're talking about, I was like, oh, if I use liquid latex and then I peel it up, then if I take that, uh, the gel blood, that's like you have to heat it up. And then once it heats up, then you squeeze it out and then when it dries after uh-huh. it's yeah, cooled down. Yeah, so yeah, what I, I would do is I'd like get the liquid latex, rip it up, and then I'd infill those holes with the gel blood. So I'd uh-huh. fill them in so it looked like it was like inside of it where you could see into my flesh inside. <laughs> it's all like real wet, you know, and shiny. And so and it would drip out and then it would harden that right. way, you know. And then I'd take like grease paint and even fake real good theatrical fake blood paint and even doctor the gel so that it didn't look too jelly over the top of that. And I got like way into it. So I have like every year, like a picture of myself doing this makeup on myself. So finally it all kind of culminated here at this house because joy wanted to go as Ed, the bug man for Halloween because she's like, I'm, you know, I'm so sick. Yeah. And I'm like, and also I'm trying to tell stories I haven't told before on the podcast because I know the Halloween stories I told last time. So I don't want to repeat them. And I didn't (laughs) tell this one. So Joy was like, I want to go as Ed the Bugman because, you that know, was great. Like, it looked great. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I'd never done anything on anybody else. So I was like, she was like, you know, all the chicks always want to go as some hot shit. And I'm going to, you know, it's to go to work. Right. And she's like, I have to go to work. And she's like, all the girls, girls want to be sluts. And she's like, so I'm going to go as fucking Ed the Bugman. So we got her the overalls. We got her the plaid shirt. We got her the gray, you know, wig and everything. And then I sat down with her and did the makeup. And it took me like, I don't know, two and a half hours or something and I really like it was my first opportunity to do someone else's makeup. And this has only been like what, maybe three years ago or uh, some four years, four years ago, maybe. And I sat down and did it. And I was so happy when I got done because that feeling of gratification when, oh, yeah. you know, she throws the look on, she drops her mouth, you know, drops <laughs> her shoulder and throws the whole like act on. And then looking at the makeup and you're like, oh my God, I did it. Like right. it really looks like a thing, you know, and there's really a good feeling in that. And I never oh, yeah. got that until. 
constantly, you know? Yeah. I, when I was, I, I used to wear, have Halloween masks, you know, when I was a kid, when I was really young, like five or six. And then once around age nine, I think when I, when I've got that, I, I think I've told this story where a friend of mine's father was a nurse and they did triage simulation, um, uh, you know, emergency preparedness for their hospital or whatever. And so they would give each person who was in charge of that, or I think they'd give each nurse maybe their their own makeup kit. It was in a shoebox mm -hmm. and it had wax and it had a little booklet. It had all, all the makeup you need, blood, and a little booklet. It wasn't like a professional put together one. It was like they at the hospital put it together. Right, it's right. a little teeny, little teeny pamphlet that tells you how to do black eyes and broken noses and all this. And so my friend knew that I was into that. So his dad gave me this makeup kit. And ever once around age nine, I never wore a mask again. It was always about doing my own makeup. So, and that, that's yeah. how I was getting into makeup. But when I was a kid, I used to have, uh, if I could find this mask, part of my life would be complete. There was this one mask. <laughs> I haven't been able to find it anywhere. And I, I look for this stuff. You know, I know like all the old masks now. I'm kind of into that. But it was a mask that had... I, it was just like a guy going, uh, you know, like a yeah. human guy, and the top. With the knife through the yeah, head, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because we have a picture oh, yeah, of you in right. the documentary. Okay, yeah, yeah, it. right, right. That's it. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a, a handle, like sculpted handle, so it's like yeah. part of the rubber mask. And it's all coming out the eye. Yeah, and the and the, the blade. Yeah, exactly. And the blades coming out the eye, and the eyeballs hanging out. And I just love that mask. Well, and you I, drew it. You loved it so much that we even have a drawing you did of that mask in the documentary oh, too. Shit. I didn't even. I gotta watch shows, the documentary. It's, it's been a drawing, so long. It's a it's a it's a drawing. It's when your mom's talking, and it's a drawing of like the freaky shit. Like she was basically talking about how you know when you were a kid drawing that kind of stuff wasn't weird, and people didn't really care about that. And then I'm showing the picture of like this face and the knife's back here and it's coming out and the eyeballs all popped out. Right. <laughs> and then later we show the picture of you actually with the mask on. Oh, cool. So you yeah, get it's like a whole giant, chain of effects. Giant it was huge head. on you. <laughs> and you were wearing like shoulder pads, like football shoulder yeah, pads. Yeah, yeah. Shoulder pads to look that's, all bigger. That's the one thing my mom used to do. It was really cool. But when I was probably five years old, my mom would always do my makeup. Like when I was little, there was that one where I was a kid, black cat, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in the documentary where I'm dancing around. My sister's a witch, and I don't remember what my brother was. But um, at a certain point, pirate, yeah, pirate. At a certain point, my mom would do my makeup, and um, she would. My brother played football, so I would get his football pads on, and then she put a black sweatshirt over that, so I have these huge shoulders. They're all huge, yeah. So cool, and then like, like quasi photo, yeah, yeah. And then she'd put like character. she'd paint like black under my eyes, and I remember painting like a spider on my forehead in grease paint. <laughs> hey, maybe that's where the third eye thing started. Yeah, maybe. Never thought about that. Maybe. And interesting that it would be a spider because one of the things in the documentary is how you were afraid of right. spiders, and then yeah, that's showed true. you, and then she painted one as your third eye in the middle of your forehead. Yeah, brand there you go. you. Oh, that's yeah. a new connection I never even thought of. Yeah, she knew what she was doing, I guess. Branded you with the, with your worst fears, your third eye, and got <laughs> you beyond it. How awesome is that? <laughs> that is pretty cool. It's amazing. And she'd also do like st the stitches, you know, a line with some stitches yeah. through it all over me. So it was kind of like a Frankenstein type. Um, and then there was the the phase where there was uh, pl the plastic masks, where you'd get the yeah. you'd get that vinyl, that terrible vinyl yeah. suit and the half plastic mask. And I remember, God, 
I remember being a skeleton one of those, I think, and maybe a ghost one of those. You saw that Dude, one? I have I have a half plastic mask right over here. That yeah. I, I got show a, you. It's really awesome. Really? What is it of? I got a clown oh, let one. Let me grab it. I have a really good clown I got off eBay. He's going to get the mask. He's walked away. He's finding the mask. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. You wore that in something. Where did I see that before? I did like a funny, like, Zarmy thing. Where yeah, you yeah. screenshot this. Screenshot it for oh, a yeah. Halloween bonus episode. I did, a, I did a funny, like, Zarmy thing, and I did like a five on the forehead for the yeah, third Yeah, right, right. And I was wearing my hoodie with the Zarmy thing on. Okay. This is one of my favorite ones because it's almost like creepy, like, Felix the Cat style. Yeah, you know? yeah it's Too great. big smile and, like. Giant red eyebrows. It's pretty awesome. It is. It's one of, you know, I haven't kept very many things, but this is one of the things I might not be able to let go. Of <laughs> you got to have a creepy mask around. The other thing that we used to get were the uh, the clear plastic masks. You remember the clear plastic? Oh, sorry. You're, you're I, have, I have a clear plastic mask right over there. Those things are so creepy. And yeah, you know. That one too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, that's weird. It's like a female one. Okay. Here, I'll take, let me screen grab that too. <laughs> Disturbing. I remember that there was, oh, headphones. Okay. Yeah. I remember um, there was like a smiling guy. Wow. You got a lot of plastic masks. <laughs> He's got a red one too. Do you, I remember this one uh, clear plastic mask that was like a smiling guy. Like kind, yeah, of, yeah. kind of well sculpted with wrinkles and everything. Devo used used those in their old, yeah, their really old creepy. videos um, for uh, Secret Agent Man. They did a video on that in the seventies, and they used those plastic masks. Those are so creepy. Yeah, it's for so sure. Weird. My mom had one when I was a kid that was that was just like that one. That was the woman one, and my dad had an old man one. And when they would oh, wear yeah. those, it was so creepy <laughs> together. I remember as a kid one time my dad actually scaring my mom really bad, and he felt really bad. And I remember being there for it. He had just bought this mask, and it was like real flesh toned because I was so into masks that it was like I would make my parents take me to the fancy mask place right. because I wouldn't settle for some bullshit from Albertson's Isle. You know right. what I mean? Like because I was really into to Halloween like you. It was like, that was my thing. And so I would make him take me. And so my dad got a mask without telling anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was this like creepy old man face. It's all wrinkly and it was real hyper real looking. And it had this stark white hair and it like stuck out and it looked kind of like the guy on uh, in the mouth of madness. Remember the movie mm -hmm. in the mouth of madness, the guy riding the bike, Yeah, yeah. you know, always riding by on the bike. Yeah. It looked just like that. So anyway, we're in the kitchen or no, we were, we were in the living room and my dad came around and my mom was in the kitchen and there were these like swinging like doors to go to the kitchen that were like, you know, those little half like bar room doors that mm -hmm. like you go through them and they swing. Yeah. And so he was waiting in the living room. We could see him and he, he put the mask on was like this and my mom's in the kitchen and he <laughs> sticks his head out around the corner so it's just oh like God. this mask on. and she's like busy in the kitchen and she turns around and sees it i mean she screams bloody murder like i've never heard my mom <laughs> scream and she like 
hits the floor. Like she literally like dropped. She in fell. Place. Oh like, my God. I mean, she like just she like you know melted basically. It was like she oh was so God. terrified. You know, and of course he immediately took the mask off. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you like that. You know, he just thought it would be. He thought he'd scare her, but he obviously didn't think it was going to be that big a scare. <laughs> got, you know? I bet he got in trouble that night. Oh man, I felt bad for her even because I'd never heard my mom scream like that. <laughs> but, man, it was it was definitely a gotcha moment. You know, we've all done it. I've scared people too bad before. Oh yeah, it's bad. It hasn't you know? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I I I I could never get. I could never afford the masks I wanted. I always had to get the really cheap ones from the back of Famous Monsters magazine. But there was always like really kind of high end masks. Again, I remember I could tell they were good by the way they were painted. You know, they had like, they just, some of the masks, oh my God. Well, so some of them were so then. expensive. I mean, I remember seeing masks at the mall that were like so, you know, so expensive. There's no, I, I couldn't imagine how any kid could afford I know, it, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. They're they're inspiring though. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Halloween is in, was inspiring. I mean, that was yeah, like, for, I think for you, just like for me, it was like, the most inspiring time mm -hmm. because you get to see all the stuff that you were like searching so hard to see the rest of the time. Right, right. I mean, that's the thing that, that nobody's into realize. except you. Yeah, because like, you know, I mean, okay, the 80s and the 70s are a little bit different, but still, even in the 80s, if you wanted to engage in that kind of stuff the rest of the year, you had to work at it. Oh, like, yeah, it wasn't right. readily available. It wasn't like you could just like see skulls everywhere and engage in that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, right. you can't now. It wasn't was a no, thing. What was, was into that? It was not happening. You there was know? no internet to order from. It's like the, the there was one place probably you could find that stuff if you were lucky yep. in your town that had masks. There was a place that I loved that was on Garland Street called the Novelty Nook. Mm -hmm. And that was like the Novelty Nook to me was the holy grail of all stores. And I would just beg my parents to take me in there because they had like a full area with magic yep. and then a whole area with pranks and then a mm -hmm. whole area of masks and oh, everything. It was like, oh my God, this place would like, I'd go in there and just like you know, blow my mind. And and they even had when Ghostbusters first came out, you remember when the lady sits down in the seat and the hand comes up and grabs her in the crotch, uh -huh. like the underneath the seat? They had a faux one of those that you could buy and put underneath a person's pad on their chair so that it would come oh, up. Oh really? And do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like saving up for it and saving up for it. Like I was like I wanted it so bad and I was like saving and working to save money for it. I was pretty little. And then I got there and they'd like sold all of them out. And oh I was like, God. at first, just of course, like heartbroken, like, cause that's all I've been thinking about for however long, you right. know? Cause w before that, what I'd been saving up for was the Freddy Krueger poster to hang on my wall. And I got in that. So then I was like, I gotta get this, grab the crotch gag, you know, like <laughs> gotta get it, you know, monster hand, grab the crotch gag. But yeah, they didn't have it. And th but then I realized all of a sudden I was like, oh, I have this money. I could buy like seven different things instead of because I'd saved up all this money to get uh -huh. this pretty expensive one thing. So I walked away with like three plaster skulls and some two fake poops, two different kinds of fake poops, <laughs> like a human fake poop and then like a dog fake poop and then yeah. like a dirty diarrhea. Uh, 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 um, uh, what is it? A uh, diaper, like a diaper that looks <laughs> like a diaper. Yeah, like all the things. Like I got like you know all these different things yeah. out of it, and I remember thinking to myself like, "Oh, I'm so glad I ended up not getting what I wanted." <laughs> stuff, you know? Yeah. You, uh, the other thing that was cool back then, when there was at least in the '70s, when it, there was like no TV channels, <laughs> you know, there was three channels and then a couple of local ones. When I was a kid. There were six. We we had two, four, five, seven. Nine, eleven, thirteen. 
Yeah, that's how it was when I was a kid. Yeah, too. yeah, really. Just like that. Yeah, like the just you know. Yeah, that was it was it. like you know, uh, CBS, NBC, and ABC were the three major ones, and then the like rest four, were like six. local ones. But they would they would always play like Channel Seven was for us was PBS always PBS. Oh on really? Channel 7. Yeah, um, but they would you know play all the old horror movies too. Around it was such a different time because it's like now. It's just a trip because now you can kind of get anything you want anytime, which is great. Yep. I love it, man. I, lo- I love it. I love the way the internet has changed things. But but it, w- it did make it more special to where there was mm-hmm. a certain time of year where they were going to play all these old horror movies that you could only see once a year. Yep. You know, the only other way to see those things were in the back of fame at that time, in the back of Famous Monsters magazine, they had 16 millimeter or 8 millimeter films of like frankenstein oh, and dracula wow. and but they were like three minutes of it you know like uh, just clips of it and you'd buy you'd have to send away for that and then you'd play it on like a a, a, mo- a movie projector a yeah state, you'd have to have a movie projector yeah. an eight millimeter 16 millimeter movie projector that's projector funny. so it's you know it really as much as you know everything's great having all this at your fingertips it did kind of help to make you know, make it more feel spe- a special time and make it more let's, exciting. Let's, really, let's be honest. It, it truthfully, there is a flip side to all of it because it, everything feels less special when you can get everything all right. the time. That's yeah. just all there is to it. And and you know, Halloween's the topic, so that makes sense. But it's true about everything. I mean, you feel better about you know, the water you're drinking if you had to like go and get it out of a river than you uh, are if you got you know, oh, I have 25 bottles, you know, or right. or I have a tap, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, of course, it's going to feel more special the harder you have. To work to get it. The, the the other thing I I remember about Halloween when I was a kid was that there there were more seasons back then. You know, it really what the weather was different. It really was like mm-hmm. L.A. is notorious for ha- not having seasons because it's always yeah. kind of sunny. But back I remember in the seventies that definitely fall would rain and it would be windy. You know, mm-hmm. you'd feel the change in the air and um, same winter would get cold and, you know, just the kind of the classic seasons Seasons <laughs> that yeah. most people in the rest of the country take for granted. But um, it's not like that now here, man. It's like, what's the temperature right now? Permanent summer. Yeah, it just sucks, man. It's 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 you, once in a while you get some rain or have a mild day, but it's like uh, 83 right now. Wow. You know, crazy. It's like this isn't. Halloween I wish weather. I wish you could come here and see what it's like here because it feels so fall here because you know I live in this river valley with all these trees that have all turned yellow because they're all cottonwoods right. and stuff so it's like it's it feels so fall and it's like you know 67 to 72 yeah, you know but it's blue skies and sunny right. but then all the leaves are falling so it's like really that fall feeling like wow you know it's like electric right. electric yeah well maybe if you take that car in to see what the problem what the oil leak is i may end up i would i would <laughs> I, I will do that for you if you want me to but that's another topic that is um i'm trying to think i'd love of, to have you come and see the place one more time i know i would be visit one last I time i know i want to believe me i know um yeah i'm trying to think of any other good halloween stories I know I have some good ones that I remember I told last time, so I don't want to like repeat myself and ruin it. You know? I had a, oh, oh I, yeah, I, I'm going to tell this one again because I've told it. Everybody knows it's part of my mythology. 
<laughs> everybody yes, people that, calling it that. <laughs> I mean it's it is it's part of you know people that are, are fans I guess probably know but um, I could probably give a little more in-depth info on that but that is the, the fact that my grandfather had this caveman mask and that's probably what traumatized me in the first place when I was a kid and he would babysit us turn the lights off in the house me my brother my sister and maybe my two cousins I was probably five four um, and he would turn the lights off and chase us around the house <laughs> it was absolutely horrifying and terrifying and then he'd catch he'd, you know he'd catch you and turn the light on and under the flashlight on under his face and go ah like just hardcore man so scary so scary i mean but you said really, you also but it was also kind of fun somehow too I, yeah i remember it that way but i wonder though because now that i've got the, these grandkids that are around that age if i would if i did that to them it would fucking fuck them up destroy them life. yeah that would destroy it would me absolutely too. damage them psychologically yeah. no question about it so yeah i have to wonder if you know how much of my fond memory of that is kind of like a rationalization or a way that i had to kind of deal with it because sure because you know not only he not only that knowing now he was an alcoholic and he always smelled like beer so he was always drunk so you know you've got this fucking crazy drunk guy babysitting you turning the lights right. off terrifying you in the house oh my god it was it was insane yeah but, it sounds it sounds terrifying but it, i mean every time you've ever told me the story <laughs> i've always been like wow that's it's like you this know. defining moment in my life but um you know he even had and, and it's in the documentary that's amazing that we got that footage in the documentary that with him wearing the mask oh my and god the and the feet and, and, the, and if you want to look this up, it is the mask. I've since I've I'm, I'm into masks and all this stuff. It's it's from a company called Top Topstone, and it's called the Caveman. And you can look this mask up. And actually, this one guy did these. He's doing um, uh, these videos on YouTube. I forgot the guy's name. Uh, he's done a few of them to where he talks about the history of each mask from Topstone. These are masks from like the 60s, I think. And um, he has who sculpted it. And it's really interesting if you're like a nerd about that stuff like me. A mask nerd. Yeah. But the, but you look at him now. If you go and look at the, the Topstone Caveman mask, it's such a piece of shit. And you can see it in the documentary. It looks awful. That's you know? super cheesy. But, it doesn't look real at all. And, and they have um, the, the, the way these masks get circulated now is someone uh, um, found all these masters from the Topstone factory. Um, that were basically rubber masks with foam in them so they held their shape the way they would look if they were done properly but they, mm -hmm. they would cast them so thin that they wouldn't have any shape so they'd just be these goofy rubber things hanging off your face so people would, people have remade the molds and you can you could find uh, you know I want to get one now but you can get recasts from the new molds of the caveman mask but you know that's part of what made it even creepier was how bad they looked it's yeah, like this totally. whole other surreal element of yep. horror that that you know that you that doesn't make sense that you'd never think would be scary a bad yep. mask like that you know it's the ambiguity again of it you know like we've talked about before because 
you know, when you can categorize and define everything in your mind, like when you look at something, you're like, oh, that's a vampire, right. that's a skeleton, that's a, because then you can put it into a comfortable spot where it has a exactly. description. But when something stands outside of that, <laughs> it implores your imagination to fill it in and color it in. And the imagination has no bounds. And, and there are no descriptions that can fill in what your imagination yeah, exactly. can that's, turn something into. That's the scariest thing is when you, when it doesn't make sense at all, you don't, you don't yeah. have any box to put it into. And I think that's carried over into my my artwork and my aesthetic is trying to find sure. that thing that isn't categorized that disturbs you because you don't it doesn't make sense in a way, you know. It's absurd to some degree. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny how how those things work, but I'm I'm certain that 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 had a, a really that experience had a really big um, impact on me as an artist, just as a person, in a lot yeah. of ways, <laughs> but also you know, and from a creative standpoint. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a trip. But if you look up the the Topstone Caveman mask, they had the, they had a whole line. They had the shock monster, which I painted as a study, I think, last year. Which is the it's got a big giant eye. It's a green yeah. guy. You've seen it probably. Yep. It kind of took on a life of its own. They had the vampire girl, which was great, and a mummy, which is great. But if you uh, look up YouTube Topstone masks for anyone who's interested and watch see if you can find these videos this guy they're really this guy made they're really well produced and, and really fun if you're into that sort of thing yeah and if you want to see it if you want to see chet's chet's grandfather actually wearing the mask and the feet on and, old school super eight film and scaring with, you know, it's scaring my cousin until she, she's crying my cousin is crying because my grandfather's got this yep. mask on yeah, it's well, the- if you want to see it, it's in the documentary. Yeah. And actually, interestingly <laughs> enough, if you're a Dark Art Society uh, patron, remember I, I took a little extra clip of it that was a little longer and put it on uh, our Patreon as a, one of the rewards. So if you scroll back, for oh, the, cool. uh, you, can, you can watch an aside from the documentary because I put that longer clip in there. Oh, that's you have all that footage that is on your hard drive, huh? It's all on the hard drive. Shit. You got to oh. get that off. That's what she said. Oh. Um, so, yeah, I know I do need to get the hard drive off for sure. Yeah. Get the screen off, get it in a static bag, and get it shipped off to this guy. And My sister has all that, though, right? She's got all Oh, that. yeah, she has the OG of it. I sent her back her her, her external drive with all okay. of the, the converted footage because so, right. she paid for it. Right. right. So, yeah. No, I mean, I had I had a bunch of it that I'd edited down into little segments and things because I'd gone through all of it. And I had, like, all kinds of uh, outtakes that we didn't even put on the DVD that I was using because, remember, I was doing the Blu-ray, making the Blu-ray right. thing for the people who bought the Blu-ray thing, which now, of course, is at a hall, at a hall as well as a result of this whole thing. Well, so, yeah. when, things, when things, if everything goes the way you're hoping they go, yeah. um, you can pay to get that done after that i will be able to yep that'll be good yeah there's a lot to reclaim there not to mention new mexico true horror stuff which like really screwed me up because here i am trying to like tell a linear story and then all of a sudden i can't because i don't have access to half of the stuff you know so now i'm telling a non-linear story but now it's more interesting well that's what i was that's what i was thinking when you were talking about it is that you know it, it is an opportunity to change it and to just go with it and it is an opportunity, even if you wanted to, I don't know if you want to, to have people interact with it and change the story somewhat by, you know, 
people somehow interacting on Patreon with it. You know what I mean? Well, it's definitely the story has definitely changed as a result. And the thing, the reason you don't see any of it is because you're subscribed to it as the Dark Art Society. So you have to log into the Dark Art Society oh, okay. to see all the stuff I've done. Because you've missed, like, you should go back and start from the trailer and move forward. Because right. I basically have just had to go with the fact that the hard drive crashed. And I can't get to that stuff. And I still am trying to tell the story, but I'm having to do it in a really haphazard manner, which, again, has lent a life to this whole thing of its own because there's stuff happening now that would not have been happening otherwise. And right. I'm capturing me talking about it and shit. Right, so right. when you get a chance, you should log in. And yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. And you, you know the password now to do it, too, because you're the one that reset it. So Yeah. But, yeah, you should go and check it out because there's, like, at least, you know, you could at least have – 25 30 minutes worth of entertainment oh, cool. <laughs> you've already paid for so <laughs> all well, kinds of great stuff and then you can tell me if you th how much of it you think is real or not <laughs> since you don't even know now actually you don't even know now so you could tell me how much of it you uh, think is real or not okay <laughs> i'd love to have your reflection all right well do you have any final thoughts on halloween i think that people should be safe on their halloween but they should also have fun and, you know, Halloween for me, that was what it always ended up being. I never ended up in a situation on Halloween where I didn't end up having a good time and I didn't end up making it home safe. And I did a lot of crazy stuff, but I always made it home safe and I always had a good time. I mean, even all the way up into my la later years, I've had some wild times on Halloween. I remember the first rave I ever went to was in high school, my senior year, and it was on Halloween and it was called Orange. That was the name of the rave. And it was like during the rave heyday era, you yeah. know what I mean? Like the 90s. And so it was like, you know, and I'd never been to one. And it was like in downtown Spokane in some freaky warehouse that was like gutted. And it was like, you know, you'd get a flyer and you have to call some number and then they'd tell you how to get there because they're hiding it right. so no one would know. It was like you went in and once you went out, you couldn't go back in again thing. And that was a wild experience, you know, but I made it home safe and I had fun. So bottom line is I think that that's the most important thing for Halloween that people should remember. Okay. Well, um, I can't think of any other good Halloween stories. I know I have some, but I have lots. I just don't want to, you know, go on and on and on forever. <laughs> yeah, we're at like an hour and eight. So, well, that's fair. everybody enjoy your Halloween. I hope it's it's a good one. I hope you're in the mood, and um, you know, as we do, we keep the Halloween spirit going through the rest of the year. So, yeah. You know, it doesn't lot. really end for us. Nope. So nope, uh, it goes all the way into Christmas because people are buying dark art for Christmas that's gifts. Right. So, you know, this is just the, like I said, this is the the kickoff to the football season here, our football season, as it were. <laughs> Since I actually know nothing about football and don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, for for me, it's oct. You know, normally um, for sales, it's November, December. You know, after Thanksgiving. From after Thanksgiving to Christmas are the big sales period. That's, all, that's the game that comes after the kickoff in October. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, for me, it starts in October and, and ends in December. It's like, so us, us dark artists, we get a whole extra, like, month and a half of uh, stuff to buy and stuff to sell. So Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm going to do, I got to decorate the, yeah, I got to decorate the front yard. I think you should do I, – I, here's what I want to see you do. This is my, my advice to you. For Christmas, I want you to do a study sale, and I want you to do all horror Santas. 
And so you have How to go. How many more Santas can you do, though? You, you, I guess you could do a lot. That's you a, could totally. That's that a good could go idea. a lot of ways. That could go a lot of ways. You know I'm right. Yeah. And and people would get down with that. There are people that are into that. There's a niche genre. There are people that are into maybe, the horror maybe. Christmas thing. It's well, let's just, see what people say. People respond to that. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I could we could put it out there too and see. It's because there's an interesting idea. Multiple I never cultures, of. multiple cultures involved in that. You yeah, know what I mean? Krampus Doesn't just have to be the United States culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities there, and there's some famous characters you could do that people would recognize. I you know iconic faces. Well, of, Gary Santos. The other the other ideas I had were um, uh, not necessarily this year, but just as as a set of studies. Because when I do these study sales, I try and kind of keep them in a theme. And one of them was, which I almost did this year, but one of them was uh, uh, like portraits of like Stephen King, Clive Barker, George Romero, like all these influential people. Oh, that'd be great. And, um, but you know, like hor- hardcore horror people, I thought that would be a good one. And the other, yeah. the other one I was thinking was, oh, all studies of movies I worked on, which oh, I kind of yeah, did great. for the. I did Dark Man. I kind of, but I could do Saw it in Dark Man. But um, that might be kind of a fun one too. But the Santa idea is pretty good, actually. Well, I'm glad that I had a good idea. Yes. Well, we'll see what people think. If people are into it, if I get enough for a response, I'll definitely do it. If you think about it more and you realize how what you know you have to force stroke it. So if you already starting to think it's a good idea, then it really will turn into <laughs> one because you'll force stroke it and realize without what people tell you that it's a good idea all on its own. Oh, it's a good idea. It's just you know I'm thinking you know okay. So how many yeah, but you have to how many people of, are? It takes you like a week to think about things. How Chet. many people are not gonna buy it because it's got Santa in it? That's what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? It's like it's a niche market, but then again you're. You know, because I probably wouldn't buy a Santa themed thing, but I, but I know uh, Chris Velasco's got a Santa kind of horror Santa thing. Yep. Some so, people are really people into, are into it. it. So, anyway, well, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, it's it's been great, guys. We're still looking for more support for the Dark Art Society. Um, that if you go to patreon.com forward slash Dark Art Society, you can become a member for as little as one dollar a month. There's a bunch of cool rewards. We're actually shifting rewards right now as we start to get these pins and T-shirts out. Um, so join us and help keep the podcast alive and help us to make the Dark Art Society more than what it already is. Do you have any names to read off or we have no new people? We have no new people at the moment and I just checked up. So please, somebody be a new person and we'll read your name. That's <laughs> one of the many things that you can get out of this. You know, Along with the secret group, the cooperative on Facebook, which is Pop and Josh Clark is admin over there. I haven't been on Discord in a while, so I'm not sure how Discord is going. Um, but there's a variety of things. The pre-roll, there's we're, we're we're throwing out bonus images from the screenshots from the interviews, and obviously the whole idea is just to keep the podcast alive and motivate towards getting a web page and just greater uh, you know greater advocacy for the dark art movement in general. Yeah, and once we um, as as we get more subscribers, we're going to be able to add more fun things to to the to it. So that is true. As more people come. It will get better for everyone on the Patreon that's already at the pledge level they're at. Like we're going to be adding things, just special features and stuff. Yep. So, and you know, we want to do it. So, um, I was going to say, you know, this Patreon thing is not all or nothing. If if you want to support a dollar, if you could, if you can only do a dollar this like this year, I can I can afford one dollar. You could join for a month and then pause your subscription if you wanted to. Yep. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like. 
a commitment of twelve whole dollars a year. Yeah, or I mean, <laughs> but, you know, kids, and also I, you know, I what some I people say is if you want to try try a higher tier. I mean, like sometimes I see people they want to try and you know a nine dollar tier, ten dollar tier, and you could do that for a month, and then you can drop back down if you're right. not you know satisfied with it. But you could always jump up just to see what it's like. Yeah, I got I on my personal Patreon, I I uh, I get people dropping and raising all the time, yep, all dropping the time. off stopping their subscription coming back after a month or two you know it's okay. so it's you know it's not like a it's not something you're gonna get locked into or anything no that's so. just how it is that's part of the culture of patreon is people come and go and yeah. they go up and down and you know and so it's to be expected so try it out give it a try it's not any different than netflix except for it's local indie artists that are doing their thing that you love anyway and they're charging less than netflix yeah, anyway so exactly. it's way cooler yep and it's the future it all right future. thank you for listening hope everyone has a great halloween and if you're a Dark Arts Society member, we'll catch you next Tuesday. And if you're not, we'll catch you on Wednesday. That's right. That's right. You get the podcast every week. Okay. Anyway, thank you, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> this is where maybe that was good. <laughs> maybe we could have some thunder lightning here. Come on, Josh. Chet's making it for us. Or Brian, Josh. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. See you later. Thanks, Josh.